Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What's up, nerds? This is Just a Couple Arslings, the Last Kingdom podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jessica Toomer. And I am Alyssa Fixie. We are writers for Sci-Fi Wares Fangirls who started recapping The Last Kingdom in Season 3, so we decided to bring that nerdy, horny energy to Podcastlandia. Jessica, how are you feeling? Uh, I mean, okay, so I've been sick this week. I know, like, we all, like, get on men for being, like, such babies when they're sick, <laughs> but I, I know that I'm a baby. Like, yeah. I, I just can't deal with it. And so, like, I get upset i get pissed off at the at being sick because i'm like i have things to do like fuck you body get get with it mm-hmm. and um i think my body like doesn't appreciate that so it just rebels against me even more so <laughs> yeah and this <laughs> is like, war oh it's awful and this is such a weird time because you got these like crazy temperature swings which i always yes. feel like i get sick when it's like 50 in the morning and then 90 in the afternoon because the human body it's just not meant to deal with 40 degree swings in yeah, one day extreme it's yeah not, it's i don't not. think we're built for that no and um like it's been terrible down here like it's been in the 90s like in the week on the weekend and then it'll dip into the seven i mean it's just I'm super over it like just let yeah. me break out my sweaters it's all i want right now oh my god h&m is having their fall sale I and was it's looking so many blazers <laughs> oh yeah i know i did i did like earlier this month i like splurged on a really nice kind of like um brown tweed blazer and i'm a little bit obsessed with it and i'm like ready to wear it all the time but it's 100 degrees outside so i can't i know it's so annoying very um so for our small talk today i wanted to ask you because i feel like it sort of says a lot about a person um this month like this week i sort of realized that the people at barnes and noble really know me well like (laughs) (laughs) like I showed up and like the girl at the cafe was like oh hey I heard your voice and wanted to come talk to you about books I'm like all right cool and then another woman in the store was like oh did you go talk to Leah in the cafe and you know and I was like yeah and she's like have you read anything good lately I'm like yeah and it's just like all right I don't know how I mean I go to Barnes and Noble probably a lot like I know it's a corporation and I know we should be supporting indie bookstores and I do but there's something that's so like nostalgic and nice about going to Barnes and Noble that I just I can't stay away I used to go there like all the time when I was like in my teens and like it was at the mall and so that was like the only bookstore I could really like make it to you know what I mean Yeah. yeah Yeah, and so I was thinking about, like, other places that I'm a regular, and I have a Barnes & Noble, and then I have this dive bar in my town because I go there every Wednesday for trivia. And, like, the bartender, she knows my order, and it's like, all right, are you having a regular? And so I was curious if there was any places near you where you're like, they know me there, you know? Oh, yeah, 100%. So the coffee shop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, you should expect that because, you know, my, like, addiction to caffeine. Listen, but I so- get it. It's really funny. So I have been sick. So I like kind of changed up my order this weekend mm. um, to like usually I get like a, um, a a latte with like soy milk um, and I like cut out the soy just because like there's hormones in it. Probably not going to help me when I'm sick. Mm. And I went to whole milk and I get up to the. Oh, but dairy when you're sick, though. Ooh. Dude, I know, but I can't like <laughs> do. I, I'm sorry. Almond milk is just not the same. It's I agree. just not. It's not. So. I go up to the window and there, she like comes over and she's like, hey, girl, like, hey, you know, and she's like, um, did you get the did you get the latte with just did you not want soy milk? And I was like, no, no, no. And she's like, oh, OK, well, let me like remake it then. And so like I, I didn't I hadn't like said any kind of milk. So she just I just said the, the latte because like if you just say the latte, they're just going to give you regular milk. And um yeah, so she put soy milk in it, and I felt 
so bad. That's I, so I nice, just like though. hung my head in shame. I gave her like a cash tip. I was like, girl, I am so sorry. I'm like changing it up this and it's not fair to you. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, no, no, you know. Um, yeah, it's they're so sweet. I mean, like coffee shop people in general, I feel Are like the have best. A, a personality that's just like you have to have a certain like air about you to work at a coffee shop, especially like early in the morning coffee shop people. Yeah. Ugh, they're the I, best. Yeah, when I was in high school, I worked in a coffee shop, and it's like, Ugh, it's just... I should have, like, recognized that about you, Alyssa. <laughs> I've got the coffee shop vibe. Yeah, no, it's like, it's the best, and I just, I don't know, like, being a regular somewhere is so, it's such, like, a nice, small way of being known, and I really like that. I don't know, it's just, it's nice. <laughs> Do you think it, like, says something, though, about, like, as you get older, you, like, are looking for more, like, okay, so when I was, like, a teenager or, like, in college, like, I would have, like, been like, ugh, I don't want to be a regular anywhere because that means I go somewhere all the time and I want to oh, go yeah. to new places. Yeah. But when you get older, you're, like, there's that routine, that there's that, like, comfort, and then there's also, like, that connecting with people because, like, it's hard to, like, make new friends as an adult. You know it what is. I mean? Like, it's super hard. You have to, like, really. My coffee really... shop people are some of my closest friends. Yeah. <laughs> You really are to, like, put yourself out there because making friends as an adult is terrible. Like, I've recently, like, started hanging out more with people that I met through my book club. And I really had to, like, overcome, like, being feeling kind of like a creep and be like, hey, I've, like, noticed your discussion topics are really good. Can we, like, hang out outside of book oh. club? And, <laughs> and I did it to two people and they were both like, yes, I wanted to do the same thing. And it was just like, you really had to put yourself out there in a way that I feel like... It's so much easier when you're in school and can just be like, yes. hey, let's, you know, do our homework together and then we'll yeah, just let's keep hanging out forever. Together. Yeah, exactly. So it's much, much more difficult. It feels a lot like like asking people out on a date, you know, because you, you know, because you're just like, uh, hey, you want to like hang out? I don't know. And it's just it's awkward, but it's worth it. But it's super awkward. Yeah. You have to like come like get over that barrier of like, you know, like you're just so worried about like your self-image and like getting rejected sure oh it's the worst yeah but i 100 percent agree on like the routine kind of thing like i you know occasionally like on the weekends i'll like to try out a new bar with my friends or whatever but mostly i'm just like can we just go to like the one that we know where i can get a five dollar vodka tonic and call it a night like and i know they make it the way i want it made uh, exactly <laughs> like i know i'm gonna like it i'm not gonna waste a bunch of money on a fancy cocktail that i'm really not gonna enjoy and it's just yeah sometimes you just want that familiarity and that i think comes with age you know like you yep. just age as I, I say that like i'm some like wizened old woman <laughs> <laughs> but every time i go to a new bar though i feel like a wizened old woman i'm like oh are God. these children like adults none of these people can rent a car like why am i here you know yeah it, yeah that's you know what that should be the marker for like any bar that you go into if mm. you like notice that at least half the patrons cannot rent a car get then out get out of there get yeah out. because it's just too much and like i live in a, a college town oh, so it is yeah. very difficult yeah. <laughs> um like do not go out on the weekend don't go out on thursdays like try a, a monday or tuesday those are your best bets <laughs> um and i really resent the college kids for yeah. making me like plan out my like my bar nights you know what i mean yeah S so I, annoying i 100 percent agree so anyway all right well there's not really a like easy way to segue into the episode but let's do it season let's two just, let's, <laughs> yeah let's just throw them in there season we, we baby two. you guys too much you know what i mean like we're just gonna chuck you to the Whiplash. wolves it's fine season two episode four the last kingdom Let's get Here into we are. it. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe we've made it. No. I know. Um, so uh, we open up on a sex scene. Uchard uh, and Gisla Uchard not and wasting Gisla. any time. Definitely not. Again, right. with the dirty fingernails. I just. I know. You're in the city now, dude. You right. to take a bath. <laughs> I don't get I, it. You know, you're calling out the fingernails, and I'm going to be rude and call out Uhtred's hair right now, because oh, this, please this, bob, do. this bob is not his best look. 
it's rough. And he's also rocking a middle part for a lot Ooh. of this episode. And a middle part is impossible. Like, if you're not Gwyneth Paltrow, don't bother because it's not going to look good. And I'm just like, Utrid, I know there are better hair days ahead, but this one is giving me pause. Yeah, there's. it's like really, it's a rat's nest like underneath. It looks like it has not been brushed. And mm-hmm. I think it's like, so the the middle part, because it's like so full at the bottom, it's weighing it down on the top. And mm-hmm. so it's like there's no volume there. Yeah. Like Utrid, if you're gonna do a middle part, you've gotta get the volume going. Right. So um <laughs> yeah, the the hygiene and the hair really threw me off this episode. Um right. thankfully, you know, we had Ragnar and uh, Ragnar and he Breda being it. beautiful. <laughs> I love him so much. He's but yeah. Best. Yeah, like this episode, it's like everybody's in it right away. Yes. Like Uhtred and Gisela, they're like planning on getting married and Uhtred is sworn to Alfred. So he's got to like go do stuff, but he can't kill Guthrid, which is a bummer because nobody deserves it more than Guthrid at this point. Yeah, um, for sure. But yeah, like they don't have a minute to catch their breath, you know, like as soon as this episode starts, like they're plotting to go and kill Kjartan and take back Dunholm for Wessex. And, you know, before they go, Uhtred and Gisela are like, hey, we need to lock this down because she is still like, you know, people know she's with Uhtred, but she's still like this prominent lady who has tactical value. So she's like, you can't leave me here because Alfred's going to marry me off to someone, which is fair. Like Gisela reads Alfred right away. And oh, yeah. knows that he's not above using anybody as a pawn. So, yeah, U- Uhtred goes to Bianca and is like, hey, I want to do this. Mildred is in the co- is in the convent. Like, it's fine. <laughs> it's <And> cool, dude. <laughs> it's cool. And Bianca's like, yeah, okay, I guess I'll do this, even though, like, you're so wishy-washy about love, Uhtred, but it's fine. <laughs> My God, I love that, like, Bianca was like, you just love, I think you just love love, but whatever. Right. I mean, <laughs> I like, like, he's not like, such a good like this is you know girl number four that he's been in love with in you know a dozen episodes so i think though like gisla is the real deal for him sure and i think she is someone who like she compliments him very well but she's also strong enough to like stand up to him and you know their their relationship like goes on which is really nice and so it was it was i thought it was really lovely to kind of see them get married i totally forgot that we get to see them i forgot so much about the show um because we just race through it we and race so through I, it it's good i've really enjoyed like taking it bit by bit again and, yes yeah taking know. our time two can defend themselves a cord of three is not so quickly broken now that you are bound together utrid and Gisla, i can declare you man and wife I loved seeing them get married. It was so sweet. Like, yeah. It was like a really nice moment. And you could tell like it meant a lot to them both. And yeah, I feel like it's, <laughs> it's like nice to see Uhtred like not just saying shit and doing things just right. to, to get away. Yeah, yeah, there exactly. Was, there was a moment right after their wedding when he says, now I will never be taken from you. And I really liked that it sort of flipped the dynamic of her belonging to him. You know, yeah. like, he's hers and he acknowledges that and he wants to make sure that she is secure in their relationship in a way that it's not like, hey, you're mine now. It's more like, hey, I'm yours. Don't forget that. And I think that's yeah. that's really beautiful. I well, I really like yeah. that. I think the whole the whole wedding itself was for her. I mean, she was concerned. Like she aired those concerns, and he listened to her. And he was like, okay, I'm going to do this for you because I don't want you to like feel like in any way in danger while I'm gone. And I know I have to go because I've told Alfred I will, and he's got all this shit on me, and so. Yeah, it was even even the reason why they get married. Obviously, they love each other, but like it's for her security. It's for her. And I really liked that. You know? Yeah. You know, I think, like you said, like Gisela and Uhtred are the real deal. And I think there's you can see how much he's like learned and grown since his previous marriage, because he's very he's very much concerned with how this helps her instead of how this helps himself. And I think that's right. That's a real turning point point for our boy. So. Good, good job, good yeah. job, Uhtred. 
But yeah, so like they hit the road and they've got to go and like get rid of Siegfried and Eric in order to sort of get Guthrid to join their cause. And, you know, they ha- I kind of love it whenever they do these like the shadow, is it the shadow walks when they go and try and yeah. like kill them in their sleep and stuff. But this time it doesn't go exactly to plan. And I think it's kind of funny you know, how they have to take Athelwald with them because Alfred wants him to be, like, his emissary. Mostly, I think he wants Athelwald to die, which I think Athelwald <laughs> knows that, too. He just, like, sends him just off like, with, like, this please symbol. Just I love that he, he gave him this, like, here's a symbol of my kingship, which is basically, like, the mirror that comes in, like, a Barbie set. Right. Like, it was just so fucking <laughs> tiny. It's like, here's, here's what people are going to respect when they see you. Yeah. <laughs> like, dude... You were sending this man off to just, you Die. know, yeah. kick the bucket. Yeah. Exactly. It's good. It's good. And But at the same time, like, Athelwald is a pretty good tactician, you know? Yeah. Like, even though we hate him and he's such a D-bag, but, like... Again, he's smart, man. He's smart. And I think he sort of hides how smart he is a lot of the time. So he he's the one who's able to figure out, like, which tent is probably Siegfried and, you know, so they go in, it's like um, Uhtred and Finnan and Steapa, I think, who are the ones mm-hmm. that go in. And Ragnar stays behind. And I just, I love, I love the brotherly bond between Uhtred and Ragnar because he knows that it's for the best because if they both die, they're totally fucked. But at the same right. time, he like, he feels such reticence to like, let Uhtred go alone. And mm-hmm. that just, that dynamic, it kills me. I know. I love their friendship. I love their, their like bond that they have. And like it, I feel like it speaks a lot about like Ragnar, especially because mm-hmm. he, Uhtred was just a like a little like little brat when yeah. he first met him. He was like supposed to be a slave and then his dad like got soft and was like, okay, you can be part of the family. And it's like Ragnar could have easily just not accepted him, could have hated him, could have treated him terribly. Yeah. And like he never did that. And now they've grown up and they've, you know, they've grown up kind of separately because Ragnar was off trying to like make his way. Yeah. And there's still that like there's still that bond and that connection. I don't know. Ragnar's just a good dude, man. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I don't know if there's anyone better than Ragnar on this I, show. You know, I think that <laughs> argument could hold water for sure. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they. Uhtred goes and he attacks Siegfried. But I kind of thought the scene was kind of funny. Like, he really underestimates the woman who's there in Siegfried's bed. Like, yes. he just kind of walks past her, leaves her supposedly asleep, and is ready to go, like stab Siegfried while he's like taking a piss or whatever in the back of the tent but she just like comes up behind him and wallops him with a hammer like it's or a, I guess it's more of like a mallet it's, it's like a yeah it's some huge kind of, and wooden and she just beats the shit out of Uhtred with it's it it's like one of those like mallets that you like you go to like a county fair and you're trying to like yeah prove your strength up to the yeah. top yeah yeah <laughs> um so you know that hurt. And yeah, I loved it. I was like, yeah, like you don't need to like look past the women anymore, dude. Like they're right. If she's like kicking it with Siegfried, like she's probably a badass. Right. You know? These are Viking women. They will fuck this yeah. shit up. So yeah. don't turn your back on them. And it turns out, you know, obviously that alert alerts Siegfried to what's going on and, and him and Uhtred kind of uh tussle. Have a scuffle. <laughs> yeah. Have a little wrestling match. Tussle. Um, That's such a tussle. gentle word to describe what goes on. In that I know. Like they're biting each other's arms and like trying to like squish each other's eyes in and like it's it's pretty like down and out, like it's rough. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fight to the you know, to the teeth and Uhtred eventually does sort of get the upper hand, but he's basically alerted the entire camp at this point. It wasn't exactly the covert ops that he was hoping for. <laughs> Not so stealth. <laughs> no. Um, but he gets the upper hand over over Siegfried and sort of drags him out into the into the square and it's like, hey, I'm going to kill the shit out of your brother if you don't you know, get out of England. And yeah. Eric does, you know, he loves his brother. Like, these dudes are pretty evil, but like, there's definitely a real kinship between these brothers, too. And he cuts off Siegfried's hand, which, yikes, just like chopping through bone his like sword that. Hand. Yeah, sword hand. And so mm. he's like, all right, get out of here, take your boat, and leave. And they're like, yeah, yeah. okay, okay, okay. Name your prize, will be done. I swear, I give you my word. 
kill him and you kill yourself? Your word? I swear. Believe me. You will take one ship and you will leave Northumbria. One ship. You will not return. For my brother's life, this is done. But first, we have to cauterize the wound. First we so have I'm going to put my brother's hand right. into the fire. Just stick a stump right in the fire. It is. It's a lot. It's a lot. It, it was a, It was tough times back then. Again, we would not have survived. Um, <laughs> we were that's just like the first about, thing Eric thinks of. Right. We were literally just talking about, like, you know, going to Barnes & Noble and getting lattes. Like, we would never survive. <laughs> I literally, like, changed soy to, like, dairy because I thought maybe that would help me get over a cold. Right, okay, right. I'm, I'm not the person that's going to be like, <laughs> yeah, let's put my stump in the fire yeah. to like, save my life. <laughs> nope, nope. Even though it does not go to plan as, as most of Uhtred's kind of schemes, wow. um, it works out in the end. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> as they always do. Right. Um, and they end up coming back to Guthred, uh, to Efferwich, and, and kind of making a gift of, the of hand. Siegfried's hand. Um, and... Throws it right on the Guthrid's dinner, man. Yikes. That's what he deserves. It's true. It's true. And like Guthrid, he's just, he's so embarrassingly spineless. You know what I mean? Like the second Uhtred shows up, he's like, oh, yay, I'm so glad you're alive. Aren't you glad I didn't kill you outright? We're friends, right? I'm like, dude, Mm -mm. you sold him into slavery. At least like stand by it. You know, that's the thing. If you're going to be evil, this I feel like this is the thing I say a lot. If you're going to be evil, stand by it. You know, like just just own it. But back your shit up. Right. Guthrid kind of wants to play both sides and be like, we're still buds. Right. Even though I basically ruined your life for a couple of years, it's fine. And I'm like, like, dude, no, it's really not. What you did to me, what you did to Halik, I can never forget. I shall never forgive. Bro, you sold him into, like, slavery, and his <clears throat> best friend at the time died. Like, right. Sit That's, down. I know. You're, when, you're done. Yeah. When he, you know, when he brings a palig and it's like, I can never forget and I shall never forgive. I'm like. I was like, oh. Yikes. That is. Those are right not, back to the front of that boat. Uh, <laughs> devastating and that's such you know that's classic Uhtred like he's not going to forget the people that he's met and have aided him along the way and I really love that about him but Jesus Guthred read the room come on man oh you know what though I do want to talk about when they come into the hall and Uhtred makes a gift of of Siegfried's hand and he's he's told Bioka he's like do not speak. I'm going to do the talking. Yeah. And of course, like, of our little priest still tries to get in a word. And it's like, everyone's trying to shut him up. And at one point, uh, Ragnar, like, tells him, he's like, Bioka? He's just, like, gives him, like, this <laughs> this look and this, like, quick, like, little shout. And right. Bioka, like, backs down. And I'm just like, ugh. I just love when the Ragnar sons are, like, together and united and on the same side. There's just, like... Ugh, everything is it. everything is better when they're everything is out. right. Ugh, yeah, I love it so much. Um, but yeah, and you know, I think it's interesting. Later that day, you know, sort of after they've been like, "All right, Guthred, like we're gonna go take care of Kjartan, but we need your men to do it." I think Brita makes a really good point. She talks about how you know Guthred is not a man that these people are going to follow, you know, like Mm. he's not a man that these Danes that they've brought with them are going to want to fight for. And I think that's, I think that's Brita is just, she's so savvy. And I feel like people don't always notice that Finn noticed that because he's the best, but like, Oh my God, Brita, I've missed her and her sort of, she's so cutthroat in a way that I just admire because she knows she always reads the room correctly and she mm. always chooses the most hardcore way to deal with it. Yeah, there's a there's a point where like Bioka's like, Do you do you like think nothing or do you ever always tire think of, of menace, menace or something? Yes, yeah. I loved that. Do you ever tire of menace? And she's like, like nope. I do not. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. She's just a, she's a survivor. Exactly. And that like comes through in everything that she does. And I love that like Finnan like appreciates that. I mean, like, he compliments her. He's like, she's got the balls of a bear. And I'm like, I yeah. wish someone would compliment me that way. <laughs> Like, if someone came up to me and was like, you've got the balls of a bear, I'd be like, fuck yeah, let's be friends. Yes. (laughs) No, I I love Brita. I love that people 
I mean, it's it's funny because for someone like Bioka, she's she's very rude and she's insulting and and he like can't understand why she is the way she is Mm -hmm. but for these like men who have been hardened by battle and who've had to like really survive and stuff they see like they're equal in her and i really like that i like that she's like given this opportunity and this this like environment where she that's i mean that's why she chose the viking way of life she knew that she would be appreciated and respected and she is yeah and i like that we get to see that like we like to we get to see the the aftermath or whatever of her choice to go that way um because i think we also see in bioka like if she had stayed with utrid we see what she would have been thought as thought of as and uh how she would have been treated and it just yeah i'm just so glad brita brita made the right choice she did and i think there's a real sort of um, juxtaposition because we see a little bit more about Uhtred and what it means for him to be back in Alfred's service and sort of rejecting the Dane way of life when Athelwald basically tells him, like, look, you are the weapon that Alfred is going to use to build his kingdom. And so we have to do what Alfred wants and you're just going to have to deal with that. Like, you've signed on for this. He knows your, he knows your value. He's never going to show you that, but he knows that he needs you. And so, because of that, we need to make Guthred the king in the north. Not Well, not the king. That feels uh, like that phrase is ruined for <laughs> Game of Thrones forever. But, like, he needs to be the king of the northern part of England. And, you know, I think... Uhtred kind of being reminded of that and what he's given up in order to be, you know, working for Alfred, I think, is kind of sobering. Although we forgot to mention at the beginning of the episode when Ragnar is like, why did you do this? How could you shackle Ah. yourself to Alfred again? And he's like, I have my reasons. I'm like, oh, your reasons are because you love Ragnar. Okay, so here is one of the, like, tropes that I fucking hate Mm. that, like, I mean, it pops up literally everywhere. Yeah. Like, a character is, like, asked, like, a straightforward question. They could answer and, like, Everything not would have be... this, like, tension between someone they love or care about or whatever. It would be fine. Right. But they choose not to. They choose to be vague. Mm. And so it creates this, like, this unneeded, like, animosity or, or whatever. You know what I mean? And right. eventually, like, it usually happens with, like, romantic couples where, like, the guy could say why he, like, didn't show up that night, but he's, like, doing it to protect her or whatever. Ugh, and, just, like, it takes, like, a whole book for them to finally get together. So it's many, like, so many plot t- twists could be, like, resolved in a couple of minutes if characters just communicated. Just speak the fuck up. Just answer <laughs> the question. He he even like keeps going. It's not like Ragnar like it's just like all right whatever. He at, he's like I would really like to hear those reasons, dude. Yeah. And Uhtred is still like mm, no, lips like, are sealed. Like Ragnar probably wouldn't have handled it super well. Like I think he would have taken on a lot of guilt in terms of you know Uhtred making the sacrifice for him. But I don't know. I just like just tell him. Um, Uhtred does not you know, sort of spare anybody's feelings when he talks to Guthrid again. When Guthrid comes out and is like, hey, are we cool? Like, I, you know, he's, you know, he tells him he's afraid and he was afraid that Uhtred was going to take his power and that he was really the king that was promised. And, you know, Uhtred's like, man, I told you that I would serve you. You know, like he told him everything, but... Yeah, Guthred is just, he was so insecure that it drove him to, you know, sort of screw over Uhtred in a way that really damaged the relationship beyond repair. But yeah, like, Uhtred straight up slaps him in the face, which, you know, I think that's a bit (laughs) of that power that uh, Guthred was worried about. And he tells him, hey, I'm married to your sister now. She is my wife. So Boom, bitch, mic drop. (laughs) Right. I thought of that bit in... um, John Mulaney's last special where he's like that's my wife and that's like all I can think about when Ujian was talking about her as his wife I'm like ugh I love it um, it felt so satisfying because that was like one of the I sticking mean there was, points between them yeah, yeah exactly so it felt like a really nice like fuck you to be like you know what we did it anyway and right. we're really happy and you're stuck up here like suspecting everyone of taking your throne so yeah, yeah and Guthrie is like you know, all right, great, that's fine, I'm happy for you. And then, because, like, what else is he going to say, you know? Oh, yeah. And, you know, I think it was really 
just so shitty when he pulls the I still consider you my greatest friend kind of thing. And I'm like, man, you don't. I understand that, like, being a king is hard and you have to make cutthroat decisions. But, like, don't don't screw over your friends like that. Like, don't sell your friends into slavery. That seems like a bare minimum to, like, you know, friendship. But, uh, yeah, I just he's so spineless. I just ugh, I'm ready to be done with him. He was not made for this position that he's been thrust into. And I think it shows like every time we see him, he gets more and more paranoid and more and more like kind of protective of what he has. And again, maybe this is because he was brought up a slave. Like, I get it. I get that how that molds you and like, you know, fucks with your psyche. But you have to also like think as like just you have to think as a king like yes Uhtred is a very capable warrior um he inspires people to follow him but he's never gonna have the backing of Alfred and of the people that matter like to be able to take your throne and actually keep it you know what I mean and so the the smart thing to do is to align yourself with this guy keep him happy Give him things that he wants, like build that friendship and that trust so that, you know, like, like, connect yourself with him, like have your sister marry him, then your family, then it becomes even harder. You know what I mean? It's just like, do these things to like, really make yourself indispensable to him and make him like a part of your life in such a way that he couldn't do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. You know, you talk about how you wouldn't survive back then, but that was, you know, you really know how to bolster your allies. So maybe you I would do be okay. an Ethel Walt. I think I'd be, I'd be like, I'm half in, half out. You right. Know what I mean? right. Right. Like when the time came, I might have something like useful to say. Yeah. But every other, like 99% of the time, I'm just like drunk and like sleeping with the pigs. <laughs> <laughs> I know myself. Yeah, okay. That's fair. That's fair. So, yeah, you know, Guthred, he does give him the men to go and kill Kiartan because he wants him out of the north. So, yeah, they, like, set off to go and finally take back Dunholm and kill these assholes. Uhtred, he's got his eyeliner on, so you know he means business. Woo! Looking like like an extra member of, like, Panic at the Disco. Yes. Just rocking it. Uh, Uhtred and Brendan Urie, the team-up I didn't know that I needed. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah like they set off and it's just you see so many relationships just really highlighted you know i love that we're like talking about these big battles but we're like but the friendships the, the friendships, relationships <laughs> um yeah but yeah like you see like he and Ragnar are like, all right, we're finally getting to do this thing that has been haunting us for so long. And then you see Hild right by Uhtred's side, like, just through the whole thing. These men won't fight the brothers for a turd. We need the turd's army to take Dunholm. So why not kill the Northmen, then kill the turd? Take Etherwidge and its army for yourself. I don't want Etherwidge. All I want is Kjartan's heart on the end of my sword and to see my sister. We will need Guthrit's army. But yeah, you know, they have a pretty good plan. Like, they're going to send in this battering ram as sort of a distraction to draw Kiartan to the gate. And then Uhtred and some of his team are going to take, you know, this so- sort of side door. Which right. seems like, I understand, like, you need to have multiple doors to get in and out of your castle. But, like, this seems like a really bad idea. Like, it, it you know, having this, like, s- sort of semi-secret door that's pretty easily, you know breached that feels like a design flaw to me yeah it's very strange to me that it's like not only that that exists okay because like so maybe i'm wrong but kiartan didn't build this place did he like i don't think so he took it he took it so maybe that was left by the other owners you don't know what you're gonna get you know when you like take over someone's castle but at least have like a guard on it but yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, fortify it. You know right. what I mean? Like, yeah. So I know you need fresh water, but like, people could go out the front door and right. go to the side. You know right. what I mean? Like, it's just it is a strange like thing that I it, I was just like, mm, this feels like more like a plot device. Like having this be available than that's fair. Like, I don't know if Ki- I mean Kiartan's a smart dude. I think like at least when it comes to that kind of stuff. So. Mm-hmm. 
but anyway, it works in our favor, so I'm not going to complain too much about it. Right. Like, Hild and Uhtred and Bayaka and their dudes, like, they breach that door, they get in, and then Steapa, like, rips down the gate by himself to let everybody yeah. else in. It's a pretty rad moment. I like Steapa, man. Yeah. He, like, he doesn't say a lot, but he's always there to just really follow through on the missions. and. Yeah. Plus, he's, like, tight with Athelflaed, and I love her. Yeah, so. they're, like, best friends. Right. Anybody who's, you know, good to our future queen is good with yes. me. Yeah. 100%. Um, so they get in, and Ragnar is, like, 100% on a mission. Like, he's mm. ready to fuck up Kjartan's whole deal. And so he's focused on finding him, and Uhtred is at his side, and, you know, before they get to Kjartan, we have this moment where, like, Sven is like, oh, shit, people are coming. This is bad. So he goes to find Tira. But Tira finds him first. And she, she's got her hounds that are extra hungry. Yeah, and you told her not to feed them. You told her not to feed them, but you didn't know. <clears throat> this is like, this is exactly. They were going to be their dinner. This is like exactly <laughs> what happened with um, Sansa Stark and Ramsey Bolton. Oh, my God. I know. And I know that it, it is like basically like, you know, taking from that and just doing it here. But I don't care because any time. Which came, which came first? Because season six of Game of Thrones was when Ramsay bit the bullet. And I can't remember which okay, one let's came do some, first. Let's do some research. But also, quick, was that... I don't think... Well, because here's the thing. Like, what book was written first? Like, has have they even gotten to that point? I don't read the Game of Thrones books. So, I don't... I don't read those. I don't know. Like, have they even gotten to, like, a Battle of the Bastards moment on that show yet? I don't... Or on the books yet. I don't know if they have but i know in the book like these books were already written and i think this took place in book four so season six of game of thrones happened in 2016 season two of the last kingdom happened in 2017 okay well you know what i can watch bad dudes get eaten by hounds at the hands of yeah it doesn't matter to me right what came first the chicken or the egg they're both great Uh, as long as we get to see bad men eaten by dogs there we go yeah (laughs) i'm fine right um no yeah i i I really could care less i would like more of those uh, any show that you could logically or not even logically if you just want (laughs) to put in a scene of an asshole getting eaten by dogs while like a woman just like stares on like with a little smirk on her face. Right. I'm fine with it. Maybe Doesn't have to make sense. Maybe on succession, Marsha will feed Logan to some hounds. I would not Perfect. hate that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no. So I, I she shows up and, Takes and uh, unleashes her dog. Then they take out Sven. It was oh, such a lovely. It was like, a good moment. This pumping moment. Also, his dad um, saw it happen and yes! couldn't do anything. Oh. I liked that moment of like impotency on Carton's part. I liked that. I was yes, glad that yeah. he suffered doubly here. Yeah, like we know, you know, like you're probably going to have to like fight for your life. You're going to die. But then to see your son killed in such a brutal way, Ugh. that's just like, it's so deflating. And I just, I loved it. Like that's exactly what he deserved. Yeah. And it's very rare, I think, on any show, but on this show too, like that bad characters get exactly what they deserve so really like appreciate this moment guys yeah it's good (laughs) um so yeah like um team utred sort of backs kiartan and his men into a corner and they know that they can't win um but they decide that it's going to come down to ragnar and kiartan fighting one-on-one so they make Mm -hmm. the square gotta make the square gotta make the square i love it when they make the square and I love when they just yell that they're going to make the square. And everybody just knows. They're like, make the square. I'm like, hell like, yeah. Oh, yep. It's about mm-hmm. to get real good. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, Carrington immediately starts talking shit about baby uh, Ragnar and, like, telling him about his horse sister. And it's just awful. And they just, like, you know, it's a pretty brutal fight. It is. I mean, there's so much rage and so yeah. much bitterness and so much history between these two mm-hmm. that it's just. I mean, it's ugh, just the feeling of it alone. Like it. I mean, it's it's brutal. Yeah. But just the when they're like they start going at each other, you mm-hmm. just know like it's going to 
it's not going to end well. I mean, it's not going to be a clean death for whoever nope, dies, you know? it really isn't. And, you know, like, Ragnar eventually gets the upper hand, and he takes his sword away so that Kjartan has no shot at Ugh. Valhalla. And he just, like, he stabs the shit out of him. Like Loses he, it, dude. When Brita looks disturbed by how you're killing, that knows, that's how you know that, yikes. You've gone... You've crossed the line. <laughs> yeah, you've like gone to the to the darker side there. I mean, he just he stabs him with his sword, then he throws his sword away, gets out a little baby knife and, and just, just keeps stabbing. Yeah, it's a lot. I and mean, then he's crying and screaming at this like corpse and he's covered in his blood and it's like It's a lot. And you oof. know, like Brita's watching and she's clearly like, yikes. You know, Citric is watching, and this is his technically his father who's being stabbed. Mm. So it's like, but you know, there's no love lost there. So that's a cathartic moment for him. But then Uhtred steps in, and it's like, all right, he's dead. He's dead. And ugh, brothers embracing. It was heartbreaking heartbreaking because I feel like, and I think that's why everyone was a little shocked because Ragnar is. Such a like jovial, like easygoing dude. And like, he's, yes, he's a Viking and he right. kills people, but he's very like mellow and mm-hmm. and he jokes around and he just seems like a Composed. like well adjusted man. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so to see that he's been harboring this inside of him after because of the way his family died and yeah. and you know probably the guilt that he wasn't there and like it's just oh it broke my heart i just wanted to i don't care that he's covered in someone's blood i just wanted to like cuddle him and like tell him it would all be fine and make it all go away <laughs> yeah and then you know there's that moment where tira comes out and i don't you know i mean she has been through so much and i think they realize that in a way before they see her but then i don't think they were expecting quite this level of trauma for her and i think that breaks them a little bit because she's not like oh thanks for saving me Tira's like i've been here for years what have you been doing and why have you left me here for so long? You know, because like people have told her they didn't know, but there's still that feeling of they should have known, you know? Yes. And I mean, it's a like, I feel like that's a Viking thing, too. I mean, she's obviously like connected the way she controls these dogs. Like, it, yeah. there's just you would think there's, there's a, a connection. There. Yeah, there's a connection between like her brothers and her, you know, her family. Like, you should know if like your yeah. sister died you should feel that you know what i mean yeah and you know she's you know she's angry at them because they you know she feels like they left her and bayaka kind of steps in and is like you know they've been looking for you don't worry i'm a friend too and i think that's that that the fact that bayaka was the first one to like step in and be like kind to her i think is really important and i think it matters too like that bayaka is just completely different from any man she's ever interacted with. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? From her father to her brothers to the men that have held her. They've all been Vikings. They've all been warriors. They've all, you know, like, he just has such a different air about him. And I think she recognizes that right away just because she's been so abused by these these other kind of men. And it's so interesting because— so, you know, like, her and Breeder are sisters, and they've grown up the same way. And, yes, like, Thera's been, like, abused— but she is it's almost like she's choosing this Saxon kind of man to like help her get through this and and like Brita chooses like the Viking it's just interesting to see what appeals to like each woman because of like what they've been through. Yeah, and I think um Tara was raised, I think, in a bit more traditional way um than Brita was. Because Brita was you know, she was off with the boys and you know, she wasn't like a you know an official daughter so she wasn't you know trained to be a wife you know like she what that wasn't part of her upbringing was to become you know i mean i know it's a little bit different with the danes but they're you know they're still gentle ladies you know in the danish culture and so that you know there's a lot of differences in how they were raised but yeah i can definitely see why someone like bayoka you know we give him a lot of shit but he is like a generally like peaceful gentle man and to sort of have that in presented as an option for who she wants to spend her time with instead of these vikings who have you know put her through hell like it 100 percent makes sense that she would you know be drawn to that kind of energy instead of you know war yeah sometimes you just want to you just want a nice boy yeah yeah (laughs) 
So, so yeah, she, you know, she does decide to go with Uhtred back to Wessex instead of going or staying with Brita and Ragnar in the north, which I think is, you know, makes sense to me, too, because why would why would she want to stay there? You know, she was put through hell there. Like, obviously, she's going to, you know, leave Dunholm and never look back. Yeah, got to get out of Dodge, man. That just that place holds too many bad memories. Yeah, and you know, it's kind of sad when Ragnar, you know, he obviously wants Uhtred to stay on with him, but Ugh. Uhtred is like, "Dude, I'm tired. I need some peace. I need my woman. I need to go." And yeah. so he's, you know, he is Alfred's man, so even though, you know, they're so close to Bebenberg and they have the upper hand, he's like, "I just don't have that in me right now." Honestly, though, that felt like such a moment of, like, growth for him because the old Uhtred would have just, like, barreled on, would not have, like, Considered his bond to Alfred at all and just gone for it. Wouldn't have considered Alfred, wouldn't have considered his wife back home, wouldn't Mm -hmm. have considered even himself and, like, the state he was in. And um, the fact that he is just like, yeah, I just want to go home and chill. Like, that's... That speaks a lot to, like, how far he's come. And He doesn't want to um, try new bars either. He just wants to go to his regular it. spots. His, his regular shops. Yes, bringing it coffee. back around. <laughs> There's that segue we were looking yes. for. <laughs> just came a little late. Right. Um, no, yeah. So so Uhtred kind of makes the decision to, to go back to Wessex. and Yeah. We have to witness yet another Ragnar send goodbye, and, and I fucking hate it. I know, and this one's a big one, too, because, you know, they've been on different sides of the fight, and, you know, there's always that bond just because they're brothers, but they're, the biggest thing between them was we need to avenge our family. So mm. having that, you know, sort of as a future date, we're going to do this together, and that is something that unites us, that's gone now, you yeah. know? And so their bond is a little bit weaker. Like, yes, there's still that familial love there and that'll always be there, but they don't have that combined purpose anymore. And that's a big deal. Yeah, it definitely makes, like, everything else with them, like, uncertain. So, mm-hmm. you know, like, when are when are we going to see each other again? What's it going to be like when we see each other? Are you going to be, like, full-on Dane and I'm going to be, like, full-on Alfred's man? Like, it's yeah. just, there's a lot of questions that are kind of left up in the air when they part. And so... Like it's it makes the it makes the, you know, the goodbyes very sad and and kind of bittersweet and also kind of charged with this like question of what's it going to be like the next time we see each other if we see each other, you know, so it's it's pretty it's heartbreaking. Yeah, I I cried a lot in this episode. (laughs) It's an intense one. It's an intense one. That's for sure. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, guys. Well, I think we've gotten through the thick of it. So let's reward ourselves. It's time for our next episode, Wishes. This is when we issue our demands for the upcoming episodes, like the spoiled toddlers that we are. Here's what we want to see, when we want to see it, and why we won't be denied. Alyssa, what do you want to see next? You know, like we said, we're in uncharted territory now, y'all. Mm. Like, Uhtred and Ragnar have completed their quest, so we kind of we kind of have a moment to breathe. You know, like, Uhtred has his woman, and he has his service to Alfred, so he can go back to, you know, chilling out, being an elderman, and sort of building his new life. Um, 
you know, how he wants it to be, sort of. You know, he's still got mm. his, you know, he's still <laughs> sworn fealty to Alfred, but I think he can, you know, go and start to build something for himself. And I'm looking forward to, you know, sort of seeing his core crew come together in earnest, you know, like he's got Hild, he's got Finnan, he's got Citric. This, like, it, I hate that he's leaving behind Ragnar, but this found family is, like, so beautiful, and I, I can't wait to see them come together more. Yeah, I mean, it definitely feels like it feels like a turning point for the show in a way. And sure. I think, you know, we've we've taken care of some business. We've like stabbed the shit out of Kiartan. You know, things are pretty good. So now it's time to like move forward. And I think, you know, normally for Uchid, that would mean Bebenberg and taking back his ancestral seat, which is something we're still waiting for him to do. Um, but our boy's tired, you know, like he's tired of fighting. He just wants to like sit on the couch and like take a second to chill, maybe pick up a hobby. <laughs> um, we're going to work the land. We're going to become one with nature. Like as long as Hild and Finnan are there, like I'm totally fine with whatever he wants to do in his like downtime. So The Last Kingdom has a massive cast of interesting characters, and nearly everyone gets their time to shine. Our arsling of the episode is the character who truly goes above and beyond to win the war or simply win our hearts. Jessica, who was your arsling in this episode? Okay, I'm going to say Tira was Mm. for me. Like, I know the boys are off, like, doing some heroics to kind of, like, rescue her, but it's not like she's sitting in her cell, like, just waiting to be saved. Do you know what I mean? Like, our homegirl has a plan. She's got, like, her own, like, debts to settle, and um, and we see that when she kind of uh, surprises Sven and feeds him to her dogs. Hell, like, yeah. Uh, that is some Sansa Stark energy that I can totally get behind, so... Do whatever you want, Tara. You've I'm in your corner. You've got me. And that scream of frustration uh, that she lets out. I felt that when in my her bones. brothers are there. Oh my God. Just what a 20, right to the core. What a twenty nineteen mood, honestly. That yeah. like primal female scream. Just We uh. all know what that meant, ladies. <laughs> yep, we did. Makes sense. Um, I've got to go with Ragnar this week or this episode. Um, you know, we kind of adjusted it a little bit from week to episode now that we know a little bit more about our schedule. So sorry if the change is weird. It's our sling of the episode. Um, Get over it. (laughs) (laughs) We're doing this for you. Right. Yeah. Ragnar, like he completed his mission. He avenged his family. He kept Carton from entering Valhalla. Mm. I stand like he He did everything right. He did. He did it in the most brutal way possible. But. That's not, you know, any less than Carton deserves. So look, he had to get some kind of cathartic release from all of this. He's and been holding he this got in. It. Yeah. Oh, he got it. Yeah. <laughs> Stab therapy. Something to consider. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like okay, so you know, like you can go into those rooms and, and just smash like stuff. Yeah. Smash it. Yes. It's that it's like the medieval version of that. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's one hundred percent correct. They just opened one of those in my town and I like really want to go. I do too. Yeah, I feel like we should do that and then like come back and. Oh my and god, that would be so good. Yeah, maybe for like a small talk segment. Yes, okay, we should do File that. File that away. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Get ready to shame none. The worst character of the episode with us. It doesn't matter if you're a Saxon or a Dane. Anyone can be a turd, and we're calling out the biggest one of the episode. So, Alyssa. Who was just a shitbag to you this episode? Um, For this episode, fuck off forever, Kjartan. Like, Yes! <laughs> it was super satisfying to see Sven die, especially at the jaws, you know, in the jaws of Tira's hounds. But he went out of coward. Literally the jaws of death. <laughs> Literally jaws of death. Um, But he went out of coward. Like, he went out crying. But Kjartan, like, boasted in his awfulness until the moment he kicked the bucket. So it was just, you know, it was really cathartic to see Ragnar stabbing the ever-loving hell out of him. Like, yes. You are beaten. Either you die alone or together with all your men. What is it to be? You wish to fight me, baby Ragnar? No, I wish to kill you. When you're that happy to see someone die that hard, you know you're a bad dude. So by yeah. by Kjartan, literally no one will miss you. 
Yeah, like, I know that everyone else looked on that scene, like, horrified. Mm -hmm. Like, they were like, dude, like, stop. He's dead. Mm -hmm. But honestly, I could have watched him do that for, like, five more minutes. Because I was just like, you know what? You deserve this. Like, get it. Yeah. Who cares about this dude? Like, who cares about his body? I don't care. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're, we're heartless. Mm. <laughs> it's, fine. Um, it's fine. I don't care. Right. Um, a little bloodthirstiness right, never hurt anybody. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Look, the second he starts, like, bragging about how he abused Tara, I just, I was, knew that, like, Valhalla was not in the cards, and I was so happy about it. Like, yeah. you do not deserve a noble death. Nope. You were not an honorable person, and... The way you went was was the way you earned. Fitting. You earned that in your life, yeah. So, bye, Kiartan. But um, I'm I'm going to dub Guthrid as my turd of the week. Fair. Again, we said this a lot, but Kiartan, he's an asshole, but he knows that about himself. He embraces it. Like, he doesn't, he doesn't hide from that or try to be anything else. Um, so there's that, at, at least. Mm-hmm. But, like, Guthrid is just, he's spineless in a way that is just, cringeworthy like anytime he's on screen I'm just like I don't want to see you dude and he betrays Uhtred and sells him into slavery and then practically begs him to kind of start wearing their friendship bracelets again (laughs) and I'm just like sit down Guthrid like you're not going to be friends like it's over you've ruined that like bridge burnt you know what I mean yeah you were my friend and I betrayed you I'm just ready to kind of see the end of this dude. Yeah. Can we see the end of this dude? I really want us to see the end of it. Yeah. (laughs) Now, this is clearly a very serious podcast about a very serious show, but sometimes it's nice to indulge in a little thirst. It's 2019, the world is on fire, and honestly, we deserve this. So this is our time to celebrate the thirstiest moments that really blew our skirts up this episode. Jessica, would you like to start us off in our thirsting? I would love to. Um, Okay, so we get this lazy morning sex scene, which is really nice. Mm. You know, I I can't get over the dirty fingernails. (laughs) Maybe that's because I'm sick right now. And so it's like, it's really like, you know, triggering. Like, she's going to get sick (laughs) if he doesn't start bathing soon. Yeah. Um, So I'm just going to take a second to appreciate Ragnar and Brita's romance. I love Um, them. When he sends her, like, on her way to, like, go kind of gather his men or what's left of them, and he just gives her this, like, just grabs her and gives her this, like, full-bodied kiss, you know? It's a good one. And then he gives her this, like, cute little touch to her forehead and to her, like, no, I mean, ugh. There's just, like, so many little moments between them that feel, I like, I can't believe that that was in the script. Like, it just feels very natural between them, Mm -hmm. and that comes across on screen, and it's just... Ugh, more of that, please. We should kill him. <laughs> Guthrid, the Turd King. Do you never tire of menace? I do not. Yeah, their their whole relationship feels like very sort of lived in in a romantic yes. way, you know? Like you can tell there's so much casual intimacy between these two and I love it. Like it's so yeah. good. Um but yeah, like you said, like this episode opens with like Gisela and Uhtred being beautiful and naked together and it's great. <laughs> like they have really good chemistry too. Like I think their romance is like r- like written more intensely. Then, mm-hmm. like, Ragnar and Brita, like, Ragnar and Brita are doing the everyday together, and that's what unites them. But Gisela and Uhtred are like, everything is the end of the world. It's so intense all the time because they right. haven't had that time together to sort of settle into what their relationship is going to be when things aren't the end of the world. But yeah, like, I'm all about it. And, you know, you add in the swooniness of their wedding, and I'm just, you know, I'm gone over them. I love it. Um, yeah. However, if we're talking about, like, general thirstiness, I've got to admit, for me, the thirstiest moment was that shot of, like, Uhtred and Citric and Finnan, like, riding out of Dunholm Victorious. And it's just those yes. three babes at the height of their power broing out. And I'm just like, hell yeah, I would like to subscribe to this newsletter. I'm all about it. Dude, can we talk about the fact that, like, Finnan is going, like, like full, like, muscle tea on us right now? Like, Into we're going to see the guns. <laughs> oh, and he's got his hair slicked back, but he's still got that full bushy beard. Yeah, it works. Like, maybe, it is a look. maybe having, you know, your muscles all on display is not the most practical, of, you know, armor choices, but I don't sure. hate it. It's fine. Whatever. But you know what? It allows for more movement. Sure. So, right. 
That's what we're going to say. <laughs> right. It's a, a tactical choice, not yes. an aesthetic one. <laughs> Are you telling me that Finnan cares more about showing off his body than, like, protecting himself and, like, being a good warrior? No. You're right. You're so right. I think it's safe to say we've never been accused of being unenthusiastic in our fandom. We annoy our friends, our family, and now you, our devoted listeners. Uh, welcome to Geek Out, where we will offer up our humble suggestions about what we think you should be reading and watching. Alyssa, what are you, like, standing this this week? Okay, this week, we've got to talk about another Netflix show is coming to an end, BoJack no. Horseman, which <laughs> I, if you haven't watched BoJack Horseman, you need to watch it. Um, I say that more to our listeners than you because I'm sure you already watch it. Um, yes, yes. But it's, you know, I think a lot of people are kind of put off by the animation because, you know, animation's for kids. This show is not for kids. It's for adults and it'll ruin you emotionally. Like every single season has had an episode that just, or more, that just leaves me absolutely devastated. Like I always mm. watch the new seasons in like one sitting because it's like, you know, 10 half hour episodes it's you yeah know, it's, it's digestible i get that i'm a loser but you know sometimes you just want to watch a whole season in one go but every single time <laughs> i'm like it'll be great because it's so funny and well written and the like every single time you rewatch it it's you know you see a joke in the background that is so yeah. just exquisitely written that i just i can't even handle it but then you know when you're paying attention to that it comes along and knifes you in the gut with you know something emotionally devastating so bojack horseman it, they split up the final season into two sections and i think one comes out in october and one in january and i'm just i'm not ready because i love that show yeah and like i feel like talking about animation we've we see a lot more of it now like we've yeah, got big, big mouth, mouth like happening um f is for family is also on netflix mm-hmm. and then you've got that undone show on amazon which is from the same people as Bo bojack Jack horseman yeah. um so but like this show feels like the catalyst of all of that for me just because yeah. it's just done so well like, i think like bob's burgers came first and i love bob's burgers true. but yeah well, like, i mean I think, yeah, we've had the simpsons and like family guy and sure. things like that but I think BoJack Horseman is the first one that really showed that animation could be, like, deeply poignant. And yes. that it wasn't just for jokes. It was also for emotional catharsis. Yeah. It's, uh, like you said, like, it will just knife you in the back when you're not expecting it. Ugh. But in the best possible way. I mean, it, it really touches on so many things. And it's fucking hilarious. It's like, so funny. And it's, I always love, like, trying to figure out, because there's so many people who are on the show. And, if like, that just pop in for an episode or two. And I love trying to figure out who they are. And then, like, looking it up afterwards, be like, oh, yeah, that really was Jessica Biel playing Jessica Biel. Like, it's so Oh, my good. God. Character, actress, Margot Martindale. Yes. <laughs> It's so good. It's like, Love it. It's so good. And it's one of those shows like, okay, so in the last season, there was an episode that was just BoJack giving a eulogy, and it's one of uh, the best episodes of TV I've ever seen in my life. Yes, 100%. Like, there's just... They do. They take a lot of risks, and they do have a these like kind of, of battle episodes. Yeah, and, like the one where there was no dialogue when they were under yes. the sea. Yeah. Uh, and it was still incredible. It was still incredible. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Watch BoJack Horseman. So go watch it. Um, it'll be around on Netflix for a while, but, you know, do, do yourself a favor and, and go watch it now. Yeah. Um, I'm going to geek out about the Harley Quinn trailer. Mm. Um, I know we've got, you know, there's some mixed feelings <laughs> about, um, Harley Quinn and, and how she's been, like, used over the years in different movies and things like that. Um, I liked the trailer. Like, it was, it's very stylish and yeah. it's very... It's like a crowd pleaser in that way. Like it, mm-hmm. it shows a lot of one, a lot of fucking great outfits. Yeah. It shows like this kind of formation of this team of like badass female, like villain warriors or whatever. Um, I think there could be some problems with it. But sure. I like overall, like I just I feel like. I'm going to put my trust in Margot Robbie because I feel like she's really taken on this character and, like, wanted to do better by her. And yeah. this movie wouldn't have happened without her. And I feel like, you know, 
I don't think that it's going to be as problematic as, like, how she was in um, Suicide Squad. So, yeah, like, I, you know, I watched the trailer for Birds of Prey, and I liked it. I, like, I, I did not, I, I'm, like, I'm not, um, I'm not super familiar with the comics. So, like, I don't mm-hmm. know all of the history of Harley Quinn. So, a lot of my impression of Harley Quinn was just from the Suicide Squad movie, which I really sure. didn't enjoy. And I feel like that character was written to appeal specifically to men you know like mm-hmm. it was very male gazy and just the way that she was dressed and the way that she was portrayed and i just i i had a lot of problems with that um but i liked this trailer because it's very clear that she's like cut off the joker he's out of her life which is great because i just don't want to see jared leto as the joker again Ugh, um but i just in the way that she was shot and the way that she was dressed just from the trailer i could tell that there were women in charge of running the show it's got a female director margot robbie is super involved there's a lot of female characters and it's just there wasn't anything that felt exploitive in the trailer which i really was just so thrilled about um but yeah the cast is great you got ewan mcgregor as the villain i'm always down for ewan mcgregor and Mm. i like i like you said like i don't 100 percent trust dc at this point because like aquaman was fun and wonder woman's wonderful but like I don't trust them to make a great movie at this point, but I'm willing, I'm rooting for this movie so hard. You know, I want it to be great. Agreed. I think it worries me because I do feel like they have so much work to do, right? You know, like from, from how she was treated in Suicide Squad, I just feel like they have so much like to kind of make up for and correct. And I hope that they can do it all in this movie. I, I believe that they can, because I know that this was kind of championed by women and women are in charge of it. Yep. Um, But at the same time, like it's a DC property, so they're going to have oversight. And I just don't, I don't trust the, um, the studio. I feel like, you know what I mean? I just feel like there's a lot of ground to cover. (sighs) There's a lot of ground to cover. And I, I hope like, You know, obviously this is going to be fun and it's going to be wild and there's going to be like a ton of great outfits. Um, Pet hyena. Hell yeah. (laughs) A pet (laughs) hyena. And like I know that this character, like what defines her is kind of like her crazy, like wild chaos. But in the same way that like I feel like over the years, the Joker has been afforded that kind of look into his psyche to see why he is the way he is, maybe, Mm. or um, the the bad consequences of that. I want them to give that to Harley Quinn, too. Like, because as a woman who's labeled insane or crazy, it's a different beast. Do you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? There's there's more um, connected to it than there is, like, oh, this dude's crazy. You know, like, when we say this dude's crazy, it's almost with, like, some kind of appreciation or, like, you know, fangirling about like, oh, he's so insane. Like it's so he's so cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think women that are labeled crazy are given that. So no. I want either I want them to lean fully into that to make us like kind of appreciate just how like insane she is and the cool stuff that she does because of it. Or I want them to like give her, you know, a little bit more respect and like I don't I just don't want to see that she went crazy because of a dude. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. 100% agree. Which is what Suicide Squad was. So right. let's just not do what Suicide Squad did. And I think we'll be fine. All right, guys. If you want to hear more of our bullshitting, check us out over on Twitter or over at Sci-Fi Wire Fangirls. We've got links to everything below this episode. And until next time, destiny is all bitches.